Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. No, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. <laughs> actually, I'm Joe. And that's Doug and Eric, as always, because, you know, we're the uh, the three amigos, which that'd be another good movie to do, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I, I, I really enjoy that. I haven't seen that movie in forever. But I, thought, I used to love that movie. Yeah. Classic. That Classic. is a good one. Yeah. Um. So uh, we're we're here today to do another episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, the movie podcast where we uh, talk about movies in way too much detail, <laughs> or just enough. It depends on who you ask. You know, it's yeah. true. It's different true. levels. It's just enough for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're like, okay, you missed one. You missed one line out of this movie. So you just, I just want you to know, you didn't say this line. Yeah. <laughs> I love when we do that. Too, like we catch each other. It's like, hold on, you skipped like that whole thirty-second scene. Yeah. Exactly. How dare you? That's just how being thorough. How dare you? Yeah. It highlights our love and respect for the art form. You know that what I mean? Very yeah. true. No, because I, I, there, there are different levels of review podcasts I've listened to. Because I listen to a lot of review podcasts, which I found another one this week, which I'll probably talk about my what's new here in a second. But um, there's different levels of, of review podcasts. There's ones where they barely talk at all about, you know, what they're reviewing. And then there's ones who go, like, through every single, like, aspect of everything, which yeah. is yeah. what we do. We're right. scientific but, uh, in our approach. But I will say this. The feedback that I've gotten about our show is that 
it sparks something in people where they want to go back and watch the movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, same reaction that. here. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I love that. I absolutely love that. I like. I get the question. Should I watch the movie first? I said it won't really matter because you're going to tell you the entire movie. It'll basically be like you watched it through, <laughs> exactly. through us telling it to you. And then you're going to want. You're going to want to watch it to see the scenes visually. Absolutely. Yeah. And you might also be interested to hear which parts of it made me cry, because yeah. right. It's a common right. theme. Yeah. Or which parts made me shit laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can tell there's a dynamic, the difference between this. Like, I laugh at the parts that make other people cry. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is um, true. Then I cry at the weirdest moments. Like, it's the weirdest <laughs> shit. Um, it's uh, a real coaster. I, I'm going to send you guys something I can't post in the group, but I saw it today, and it made me laugh with the inappropriateness of it. But oh, it's boy. the scene where people would normally cry. So uh, Incoming! <laughs> enjoy that. And while we do that, let's talk about what's new. Um, I just mentioned a second ago, I've, I've been listening to a couple new podcasts. Um, one is an episode-by-episode episode review of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Except for the host of the sh- podcast is Mac, Charlie, and Dennis. Like, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, that's yeah, right up that's your alley, That's very man. cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, they don't talk about the episodes really at all. <laughs> <laughs> but they talk about everything behind the scenes of making that show, which right. is fucking incredible. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, got to be fun. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Um, and, you know, they are who they are. And, like, it's really fucking cool. Like, because you hear their voices and, like, you instantly know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other podcast I'm listening to is based off the YouTube channel Two Minutes to Late Night, which um, is this, like, fake late night talk show with this guy, Guarcenio Hall, who has, like, makeup on. And it's, it's like a heavy metal late-night talk show. Yeah. Um, he wear, like, Eric, he wears a suit, and he has, like, yeah. Swedish death metal he, makeup on. Like he white looks like Jimmy God. Fallon with, like, with, with black you know? metal. It's yeah. so, you would love it, Eric, because yeah. the comedy in it is so terrible. Um, well, Guar- like, Guarcenio Hall is clever as fuck. I don't care yeah. who you yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's so he's great. definitely a funny dude, Joe. I agree. Yeah, like, he, well, he's a comedian. You know, like, I have watched it. Life. You know where I found him was um, on the YouTube, not YouTube, on Instagram highlights. Like when you oh, go nice. to the, the highlights, the, yeah. he always shows up on my highlights. And, you know, I watched that at Curiosity the first time. And, yeah, he's definitely an entertaining dude, you know, because he, he, does, he does it completely straight. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. He's got the suit on, but he's got the makeup on, and he, he's like a newscaster, you know? Yeah, he's um, like a, he's like your fucking late night talk show host. Right, exactly. So yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. I agree. And I like the guests, like you know, Hard Melissa, who's this like fucking like hardcore chick who's like is just like I'm gonna beat your ass the whole time. <laughs> um, they have like they they have like musicians from like famous bands like come in there, like famous metal bands and like punk rock bands and stuff come in there and like be the guests on the show. Yeah, and then they do like these crazy covers with like all kinds of people from bands you don't think would belong together, but they works perfectly. Oh, that's yeah. rad. It's like, done out of a, it's super done out, Yeah, it's done out of a rock bar um, in Brooklyn. Yeah, the super yeah. groups though. He would have like during COVID, like he had the people send them like their like clip of them and like their track, and then he would put it together. So like one of them is like they did the Rush song anthem, but it's like Dana Carey from Tool playing drums, Rush Les Claypool playing bass, um, oh, the singer shit. like Claudio from from uh, Coheed and Cambria singing. Oh, man, I got <laughs> Which is perfect. Crazy yeah. fucking super groups. <laughs> but like cool. you don't like think of these people going together and then they do these songs and they just do awesome covers of them. Yeah. Um I found them because I was looking for a cover of Dead Man's Party and when I pulled it up it was um Nelly Brosh who plays guitar for Danny Elfman 
with Mikey Arati from Protest the Hero and Rody Walker from Protest the Hero and a couple other people. And I was like, fucking A, this is amazing. Yeah. So send he's definitely got some pull, this guy. Like send, me can, a, send me a link, Joe. That sounds... Yeah, that sounds yeah cool. I'll, I'll send it to the YouTube channel. But the podcast is good, too, because the podcast is just them talking. Like, yeah, right. And I, I really enjoy that also. But, like, I don't know, this channel, I've just, I watched every video on the channel. I literally sat there and just binged every single video because I just fucking love it. <laughs> um, and I'm so mad because I didn't realize that, because as I was watching the videos, I was like, four or five years in a row, they went to Fest and did a live version of Two Minutes to Late Night at Fest in Gainesville. Oh, oh shit. And I was like, fuck, because Fest, like, literally just passed. Like, it was like, um, Halloween this year. Um, I know a previous guest of the show, Samantha Har, was at Fest. Yes, um, Samantha mm-hmm. and Travis had some pictures. It looked like a fun time, man. I completely forgot about it. Like that even is happening, and it was like five miles from my house. <laughs> oh, that sucks. You couldn't hear it. <laughs> no, I mean it's downtown Gainesville. <laughs> no, I know, I know. So I sent you the uh, link. You can see what his face nice. looks like just in the picture on the link. Nice. But uh, I just love this YouTube channel. It's like my new favorite thing, and um, I love their comedy. Like. It just it 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 fits me perfectly because everything is just bad comedy and horrible. Like it's a bunch of dad jokes and puns and like when they go like let's check in with the weather from Glenn Danzig's house. Oh, <laughs> There's a guy standing in front of Glenn Danzig's house. He's like, "Yeah, it's pretty sunny today." <laughs> you know, I'm in a Facebook group called uh, "Terrible Photos of Glenn Danzig," and it's the <laughs> best thing on my Facebook feed. <laughs> There are no I think you're. Photos. I think you're really gonna enjoy this. Like, there's different things. Like I said, there's different things on there. There's the super group videos. There's the little skits they do. There's him reviewing his high school CD collection, where he basically found this like old booklet he had from high school, and I was going through one CD at a time and reviewing it. Well, that's that's so good. And then oh, there's man. the actual like two minutes to late night shows that they did, like the actual like episodes. So I, I think you'll enjoy it. I, I got a fucking kick out of it. And I think I think it's right up your alley too. Hell yeah. Uh, well, as far as what's new with me, I spent a week in California. The time change really, really fucked me up. Oh, that, that three hours was a killer. Like being yeah. up at like 2 or 3 a.m. every morning yep. and going to bed at what was used to be dinner time. It just, I was all over the place. So it, in You're, preparation for this episode that we're doing, you know, I usually try to get my watch in and my notes in like early or midweek. You know, before yeah. we record on a Saturday, I I I was up till about eleven thirty last night watching and take, taking my notes and you know that that's and I felt like an asshole because I know you have a lot of prep work to do on your end as far as pulling clips and so I have to apologize now. It was oh, you're just, good because I wouldn't have done it till this morning anyways. So as long as you got it to me before this morning, I was good. Um, yeah, and you're also I want to tell you you're welcome. Okay, because me and Doug. We did not let Patreon member Robert James Smith know, let, know that you were in California because he probably would have come to try to like do something That's to true. you if we did. Oh That's God! True. Yeah, would have lost because he job talks about you a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he would have sabotaged your life. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. like the cable guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's oh what would have happened to you. Exactly. So you're welcome. We didn't tell him you were in California. Yeah, you know, I, I was. Where's he in? Uh, San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. All right. I was in but Irvine, so we were. He was in Los Angeles re- recently because uh, he went there for something. I don't remember. Oh, was it Tim Burton? Danny Elfman. Thing? Danny, Danny Elfman. Thing, yeah. Night bear for, before Christmas. Yeah. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Which I saw a fucking amazing candle today on the line. It's like a snowman, and as you light it and it melts, it's got Jack Skellington popping out like of the oh, candle. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Yeah. 
That's very cool. I kind of want that. that. Me too. So yeah, California, I I watched a a couple of things. I watched a lot of stuff that wasn't the movie I was supposed to be watching because, (laughs) you know, depending on what kind of flights you're on and and what movies are free. So I saw um, saw a lot of old, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes. Uh, Just random shit. Yeah, really funny. Still funny. Um, today, I talked about this a little bit on our bonus episode, but today I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I loved, loved, loved. Saw mm-hmm. it with my kids. My my son was sitting next to me. We did 4DX, which that can be hit or miss. Like sometimes that can be a lot. If you've never done it, it's basically yeah. like a Universal Studios ride is happening in your seat while you're watching the film. They spray water on you. There's there's fog. There's all kinds of shit going on. Um, it worked really well for this movie because it was kind of subtle um, in some parts. And then, you know, you're action heavy, like your, your Ecto-1, the stuff you see in the trailer, you know, not to spoil anything. But you feel like you're in that movie, man. It was used to great effect. So, um, God, I just, I'm still riding that high. It was honestly such a cool sure. experience. And uh, 4DX is the way to go if you can swing it, or if you have a 4DX theater near you, because I don't know, you know how uh, how common that is all over the place. I know we have a couple in Florida, so yeah, um, yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's on my list because I, I mean, I haven't been to a theater since before COVID. I mean, at all. So I, I'm fine going. I'm comfortable going now, but there just hasn't been an opportunity. So that's yeah. definitely high on the list of something to reintroduce theaters to me. So, you know. Yeah. You know, I've been to a couple, maybe like four or five uh, since COVID, but they've always been really empty. Like it always seemed to bode yeah. <laughs> badly for the, the industry as a whole to go into a theater and see like, Oh yeah, there's one yeah. other guy in here. Right, I was right. pretty busy for the last couple I went to, because I went to uh, Shang Chi and the Eternals just recently, and both mm-hmm. of those are pretty full. But I also went opening weekend. Oh yeah. okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I what's new? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you have those weeks yeah. where you it gets yeah, to be your it's turn just, to do this. Not and you're a lot like, going eh. on. I mean, I started getting back into pedal building. I got the juices flowing again, so that's been really fun. Nice. Um, I got a I got a special edition, but by the time this airs, hopefully <laughs> there aren't that many of them. I'm planning to have them all sold by then. But yeah, I did a Eric. I don't know if you saw, but uh, my tombstone uh, treble boost. I'm doing a curly bill version. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> instead cool. of instead of saying you know Ami Huckleberry, it says well bye, <laughs> and <laughs> it's like got that. a red it's got a red cowboy sash in the background oh, like that runs killer. down the left side of the. The, the top of the pedal so i'm really i'm really i'm excited about the graphics um you know different different knob and and uh you know different hardware on it so i'm excited about it That's people awesome. seem to like it when i posted it so i'm I, i'm gonna have those ready in a couple of days and what when are you doing the uh, biodome blues driver <laughs> that's next joe <laughs> that's i have a long list and that's next so <laughs> yeah and then just you know thanksgiving's coming it's gonna be a low-key thanksgiving for for us you know because uh, my kids, they all have their, you know, again, with the grand with the grandbaby, she can't travel yet. She's too young. So, you know, they're going to do theirs up there. And my son John is going down to Jersey with his wife and her family. And then it's just going to be me and Hannah and Dan and Erica 
Uh, we're actually going to go out. We're not even going to cook. We're going out to a local restaurant that does a really great Thanksgiving spread. So nice. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, I'm excited about it, man. It's going to be low key, and you know, to not have the stress of cooking, yeah. but still have great food because this restaurant this is top notch. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm for going me, to man. the mountains of North Carolina. Oh right, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, that'll be cool. It'll be fun to get away. My sons are yeah. already there. I'm leaving Monday. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Okay. They went with my mom. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be fun. you got to report back when you get back. Oh, yeah. You haven't yeah. been up there yet, right? I haven't been there yet, no. But yeah, they, they so that's at, cool. Wa- like, walking around waterfalls and shit today. I was like, God, I wish I was there nice. right now. Nice. Yeah, that's very cool. But um, i got to do a couple things this weekend before I can go. had to record tonight. had to go, uh, you know, tomorrow morning for Doug's family reunion. <laughs> yep. Got to watch the the Dolphins hopefully beat the Jets, which I mean. God, if they don't, if they don't, dude, there's a problem. uh, (laughs) Today today is actually my grandma's birthday, but I'll be taking her to dinner tomorrow after we watch the Jets game. Nice. I Uh, met your grandma, didn't I, at Disney? Yeah, yeah, the little gray-haired one. Oh, she was the old gray-haired one. (laughs) Yeah, she's full of, like, fucking piss and vinegar. (laughs) She was awesome, man. She was so cool. cool. I like that. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I forgot you get to meet her. That's pretty fucking cool. I'm happy about that. Yeah. It makes me happy. All right, so yep. uh, we're here this this week to... Yeah, talk about th- somebody who's not going to be spending the weekend with his parents. <laughs> <That's almost> <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> this is this is off slightly off topic, but on topic. Did you guys see that Teen Titans animated movie? No. I okay. did not. I t- we, we saw this with the kids. It sounds like something that wouldn't be great, but it is fucking great. And in this Teen Titans animated movie, they time travel, okay? And you, you got to watch it to really appreciate it, but they basically realize they got to undo all of the things that they fixed. So, right. you know... It, it's it, like it Back was to the e- Future. Like Back to the Future, in an effort to make themselves like the A-list superheroes, because it's Robin, you know, and Cyborg... They have to figure out a way to make like Superman and Batman never happen. So they save Bruce's parents from the muggers in Crime Alley. Really? They they go back in time (laughs) to allow them to be murdered in front of... (laughs) It's it's fucking ridiculous for a cartoon. And to be sitting next to a little kid and and watching their face like, oh, is this registering with you? Because this is fucked up. (laughs) What was the movie... um I can't remember if it was a movie or a TV show, but like they went back in time and like at the very end of it, it's like he went to kill baby Hitler, but like he ends up picking him up and he's like cuddling like a baby. Is that that wasn't was Deadpool too, was it? Oh, it was. It was Deadpool. Yeah, it was in the extended version of Deadpool yeah. too. Yeah. Um, that yeah, because they there were way more after credit or mid credit time travel scenes than yeah. showed were shown in the theater and that was one yeah. of them. He's yeah. like, I gotta go back in time and kill baby Hitler. He's like, oh, look at him. He's so cute. But then like you hear the gunshot go off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of that really quickly, I don't know if you guys, if you have Apple TV, there's a, uh, a, a new series on there called Invasion. It's about an alien invasion. And the reason I remembered it is because the, the actor who plays Yukio in Deadpool is in it. And obviously oh, nice. she's much different <laughs> and like, she's yeah. like hardcore badass in this, in this, uh, series. Um, I forget her name, but, uh, yeah, that's what reminded me of that. So I would recommend that if, if, if you have the opportunity, it's a good show. I'll check it out. Shout out to, uh, Jason BDM 
added me to his Plex uh, server, you, nice. you're the real hero, sir. Because, <laughs> man, oh, man, I'm, I'm watching stuff that I didn't have access to before. So I salute you. Um, but to get back on track, we're here today to talk about one of my favorite comic book movies of all time um, that has very little to do with the comics it's based on, 1989's Batman, right? Like, holy moly. Yep. Batman was a cultural phenomenon. Um, you know, it was it was one of those early, early superhero movies where really the only thing to compare it to was Superman the movie, right? Like, this was... Uh, yeah, right. This, this was an experiment that went right for mm-hmm. the studio and for Tim Burton and everybody involved. Um, but just as easily, you know, people were betting on it to fail. And for a lot of reasons we'll talk about, one of which is the casting. Like, yes. Michael Keaton, not a popular choice for uh, Oh, I, God, I mean, I, I remember the backlash then. And this was pre-internet backlash because the internet didn't exist yet. But <laughs> yeah. it was still so, like, venomous. Yeah. And the people yeah. wanted their Adam West. He lobbied for that role, by the way. Batman. Yeah, it was it was bad. Like every article you saw in 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 a movie magazine or in the newspaper, um, it was brutal. Before he got ripped apart. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before I, that. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine because every actor announced to play Batman has kind of gone through the same thing. Even yeah. now with Robert Pattinson and mm-hmm. Except him, Clooney. Everyone was cool with Clooney. Oh, no. That, c- calm down, sir. Clooney wasn't cool with Clooney. <laughs> he hated he had nipples. that. Yes, he hate he he was so embarrassed by that that whole thing. I yeah. was a kid when I saw that movie, and even then, I had the the yeah. frame of reference to be like, "Oh, this is not good." No. Exactly. What's funny is that's probably my favorite Batman movie. <laughs> oh, God. It is. The You're not most talking about like, the Mister Freeze one, right? Yeah, that's the one with Clooney and Poison Ivy. It's yeah. Poison Ivy, right? Yeah, it was, and, it was and Arnold, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze uh, and Uma Thurman as no Penguin was oh no uh, two no 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 it was Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy and That's Bane right. and Bane yeah yeah, yeah. the Penguin um, was Penguin and Two Face right and that one no Penguin, Penguin was, was Penguin in, and Catwoman that right. was that was Batman Forever or no that no, was Batman, Batman that Returns Batman Returns Batman Returns, Batman Returns. yeah I'm Batman still Forever still. is the one we're talking about with Mr. That's, Freeze. Yeah. What's the one that no, no, face? that's that's no. Bat- Batman and Robin. Batman Forever was the Jim Carrey uh, Riddler. Oh, okay. Riddler. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard to keep track of them no, because and Tommy Lee Jones was Two Face. Yeah. Yes. And once this it, once this first yeah. one took off and they they knew they could print money with it, it yeah. it just exploded. So it's hard to keep it all straight. To be yeah. honest with you, but um, they're like, we don't need any other heroes. Let's just keep remaking Batman over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. Because which is funny because Batman is like no superpowers, he's just well, rich. That, that's what makes him the best superhero. No, that's arguably. true. He's human, fallible. No, but um, we're gonna well, we're gonna like talk Iron about. Man, uh, well, yeah, that's true. But Iron Man uh, actually has technology. <laughs> well, Batman's got technology, but it's you know it's more like. I, I want to talk about the Batwing when he gets into it. How that thing. <laughs> cannot like hit a target and his missiles don't even like explode really and yet one shot pistol. from a gun can take it down with this guy <laughs> large pistol yeah. i think i think the important thing to take away from that is batman is willing to murder in this movie which is oh, yeah. of oh. course great divergence yes. from the source material yes 
Exactly. We'll get into that. But yeah, uh, let's go. Let's start, man. Joe, if you want to hit that first clip for me, it's just going to oh, set the tone. I want to hit this first clip for you. I hit definitely it, hit, do. Yeah, hit it hard, man. So like I mentioned, uh, the year is 1989. We have at the helm directing this film, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, not a comic book guy necessarily, mm-hmm. um, but saw something in the material that he could do something cool with. Uh, Danny Elfman tapped to score this film and so iconic. I mean, it's it's so iconic that they use his music to market the sequels that don't have his music in them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, that's true. Which is crazy. Yep. But this stands the test of time as one of the great movie soundtracks. Um, right up there with the John Williams Superman theme. I mean, yes. this is instantly recognizable. Mm-hmm. And re-watching this film this week for this episode, this is one of the things that stays in the win column for me, man. Yep. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100% are, with you. This is things. up there with Jurassic Park and Back to the Future and Star oh, Wars. Yeah. 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 Um, and this music sold the studio and really the public on, on this movie when they, they put out kind of a teaser trailer to ease the... Uh, the masses about like oh god michael keaton and batman like it's gonna be ridiculous it's mr mom for christ's sakes like mr mom can't be fucking batman they put together a stinger teaser with this music and, and with the suit and people kind of you know accepted like oh okay maybe maybe this looks this looks pretty fucking good i realized you know what you have to do to make good music just put fucking brass instruments in it like <laughs> Something about brass instruments just fucking sounds good. It does. No, that's true. So we I mean, op- we open with that score. That's that's your opening for the movie, by the way. What we just yeah. played. You see the the Warner Brothers logo splash on the screen, um, and you get this sort of close up montage of what ends up being the bat symbol proper. Yep. Um, you get your stars, Michael Keaton. As we talked about, as uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, Kim Basinger, um, you know, Kim Basinger, I think was cast and then uncast and cast. There's a lot of weird history with the casting in this movie. Um, she plays Vicky she, Vale. She is probably my least favorite of Batman's love interests throughout the years, too. It's just, just the fact that Batman needs a love interest is a flawed concept. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's Vicky Vale for me is probably the weakest character yeah. in the movie. Yeah, um, she was a hot commodity at the time, though. Yeah, Bassinger was so. That's part of why, and I, I had the trivia lined up because there was somebody that actually originally started shooting and got hurt, and they had to call her up and bring her back in. <laughs> um, and now I can't find the damn trivia, but yeah, well, I know they were looking at Michelle Pfeiffer for Vicky Vale, and. Michael Keaton shot it down because that was his ex. Yes. Ah. Yeah, exactly. And he was trying to get back with his, like, maybe ex-wife and thought, like, She eh. was in the, uh... I can't fucking remember all the movies. They all run together for me, but she was in the other one. <laughs> oh, yeah, she ended up being uh, Catwoman in the, in the sequel. Yes. Yeah. In, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess at that turns, point, yeah. he was like, eh, fine. Wait. It's fine. So, wait, there was two Cat... Because wasn't Halle Berry also Catwoman? Oh, we don't talk about that Catwoman, John. That was a standalone uh, nightmare. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was a fever. That was a fever dream. 
Yeah, well, so I was like, I was thinking she was Catwoman, but then I was like, wait, Halle Berry was Catwoman too. Yeah. Halle Berry was Catwoman in the way that <laughs> I, I don't even have a good metaphor lined up that for that. Terrence, that's how bad it is. Uh, Terrence Howard was that. War Terrence Machine. Howard was War Machine. Yes, that's pretty good. Uh, just absolutely. Or, or actually, even better one. Edward Norton was the Hulk. <laughs> At least he got a mo- yeah. I guess. I guess. Um, songs written and performed by Prince. This plays yeah. A that's the part role. they can take. I, uh, they could keep that part. That was horrible. <laughs> oh hell yeah! It ruined yeah. all the goodwill the Danny Elfman yes, soundtrack it did. Is. And like, yeah. why couldn't they just use Oingo Boingo songs that would have fit perfectly that they already had Danny Elfman on the hook for? That's true. It would have been a little cooler. Like, th- when they break into the museum, instead of playing this weird-ass Prince song, they could have just played Dead Man's Party, and it would have been the same fucking feel. Awesome. Awesome. Except yeah. better. Except better. Michael Jackson was, was asked to provide yeah. the music for this film, but he couldn't do it. Um, also would have been super weird. <laughs> So. Yes, also would have, I, I, would have I been think, more weird actually. Yeah. I think they were contractually obligated to use Prince because of the purple suit the Joker wore. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what. Yeah, he just borrowed some wardrobe. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm sorry. I found. I found it. Um, so Kim Basinger was the original choice, but um, they there was there was problems in the negotiations, so they had to move on. And they and Sean Young was cast and actually was on set rehearsing for a horse riding scene I guess I don't remember if that was in there but um, she fell and broke her collarbone so mm. they had to scramble oh, and call Kim back and get her on set to do the movie so yeah damn yep. broken collar that's extreme yeah well yeah. fall off a horse man Fuck. I, I, honestly falling off a horse broken collarbone is probably the best outcome you can hope for yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what's up with DC people and falling off horses I know man <laughs> Superman got right? rough yeah um, we, yeah it must have been a kryptonite horse <laughs> Oh God! Oh, God. Too R. soon, R. Joe. <laughs> Too soon. That's like seventy years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's Christopher Reeve we're talking about, man. He's a, he's yep. a treasure. He's an he won't stand guy. for this. We also learn uh. in the sequence that Jack Nicholson is in this movie. I'm talking right over that one. I'm not even going to stop. Uh, Jack Nicholson is in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Nicholson character. I love the Nicholson Joker. He's my favorite Joker. That was a huge, a huge get for this movie. Yeah. And uh, they accommodated the shit out of this guy. Um, he didn't have to it's show up until dollars. like 10 a.m. Right. He got paid more for this movie. I I want to say it's still the record because of the deal that he cut for yeah. not what not what he was paid up front, but what he was paid on the back end. The point. And I, I heard yeah. he requested his entire salary paid in Bitcoin. <laughs> back in 1989, <laughs> yeah. dude was ahead of his time. He's like, you know, yeah, there's going to be this fucking. He was, and. It's a fantastic performance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it, but man, this motherfucker chews some scenery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah My does. God. He it's does. like Mars attacks all over again. <laughs> so we. we yeah, uh, in a good way. Tim Burton really has a way of getting Nicholson to do his best. I know. I right? know, man. So we, we open in Gotham City. And right off the bat, Gotham City is just an awesome matte painting of like. Yeah. Yes. The coolest buildings you've ever seen. Um, eventually this will become sort of like a Tim Burton signature a lot of the stuff you see in this and Beetlejuice like his visual style is very prevalent in this movie Um, but you know that kind of art deco-y weird this architecture could never exist in reality yeah just dark and twisted and and strange Um, so we open with a fake out kind of if you know the Batman story (laughs) 
um, it's a, a little boy and his parents getting out of a movie theater in in the in Gotham City, mm-hmm. and right off the bat, again, if you're familiar with the beats, which many people are, it's like, oh no, this is Bruce Wayne. You get the impression pretty quickly that it's not because the parents are kind of like bumbling, middle class, lost. Right. You know, not not what you expect out of Thomas and Martha Wayne. Um, so sort of very quickly you learn that this is present day Gotham City and we see for the first time Batman sort of surveying from the rooftops in what is a absolutely trash visual effect oh, it's yeah. horrible it's bad. <laughs> so bad even for the time man like yes it is, exactly exactly it, it almost looks like it's painted in yeah I think it was yeah I think that's how they did it that was cell yeah cell painted I agree just uh yeah just just it jumps right out at you it's the first thing you see and you're like oh that's that's yeah. rough um this family gets mugged in an alley as as one does in gotham city by the most strung out looking criminals i mean I the makeup jobs oh. in this so, movie really quick another bit of trivia uh the second dude or what was i guess the leader of the two yeah the really dumb guy and the not so dumb guy he was played by the, and I can't remember the actor's name, who played the uh, the scientist in Fifth Element. Oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my same god! Dude. Yeah, what, I thought he looked more, but I couldn't place it. Yeah, same dude. And he Obviously, had like the, the weird younger. shaved head. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the one that, yeah, he, he yeah. created wow. Lilu, and then you know he's the one who tried to keep the president from seeing him do, doing the nookie. Yes. Holy shit! Yeah, same guy. Joe, if you want to play this clip. Uh, next, this is these two thugs sort of discussing the myth of the Batman. Hey, let's beat him, man. I don't like it up here. What, are you scared of heights? I don't know. After what happened to Johnny Gobbs. Hey, look, man. Johnny Gobbs got ripped and took a walk off a roof, all right? No big loss. No, man. That ain't what I heard at all. I heard the bat got him. The bat? Oh, man. Give me a break, will you? Five stories straight down. There wasn't no blood in the body. No shit. It was all over the pavement. <laughs> so, I love already the, the camp the acting bat. in this movie. The bat. Oh man, what are you talking about? Like it's just so. There was perfect. no blood in him. Yeah, no shit. It's all over the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, visually, like when you watch these actors in this scene. They look, it almost looks like they're addressing, like, the AIDS epidemic of the 80s. Like, they yeah, look... They're like heroin the fuck out, too. Yeah, yeah. it's it's bad. Yeah. Um, they're, they were fucking jaundiced as fuck. Yeah. You know? Well, I think the, they were trying to, I think Burton was trying to portray the, the hopelessness of Gotham. Yeah, Before absolutely. Batman was a thing, you know. So they're, they're, you know, hanging out on the rooftop discussing, you know, whether or not this Batman thing is a reality. And in the background, you see the silhouette of the Batman drop down gently with his cape extended, looking badass as he can, man. Like, this is where Batman works super well in this film. Low lighting, yes. silhouette, um, dramatic, you know, gothic. Very cool. There are, there are very many moments in this movie that Batman is a cumbersome, bumbling fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is not one of them. This is very effective. Um, just super cool. Couldn't ask for a better entrance for, for the title character. Um, 
they're counting the money that they just ripped off this, you know, this sort of suburban couple that was lost in Gotham. And uh, they get to experience the wrath of Batman, <laughs> as it were. Because <laughs> he's, he's tough on crime, this guy. Mm-hmm. So, but he's also, like I said, questionable tactics all the way around. So he, he drops down. These guys have guns. And he just walks into handgun fire. Yeah. 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 Which, which why doesn't anyone ever just aim for the face? Because that's mm-hmm. not covered. That's true. That's a solid point. I don't... Uh, I, I can give you the comic book answer. Um, because they pose this question a lot. Why don't they aim for the face on Batman? And why do you let Robin run around in brightly colored underwear? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, well, uh, he's a well. That, the second part's easy. Robin's a distraction, like so Batman can get the work done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wants him to soak up all the bullets. Yeah, um, he's a Joe Exotic Robin. Bat, Bat <laughs> yes, Batman historically draws attention to his chest, and that's why his logo's there because he that's wants that to become the the target. Yeah. Okay. The right. nipples, the logo. So you know, in that heat of the moment battle, that's where you're going to aim, and that's where he's the most protected. Um, as far as Robin I mean, goes, I'm, I'm always headshots. I've been playing Grand Theft Auto long enough to know that rule. <laughs> yeah, you would you would win in a Batman fight if you just shot him in the mouth, you know. Yeah. Uh, but he he falls down immediately, you know, because they shoot him point blank range, walk away, and he gets back up Michael Myers style, just fucking <laughs> so badass. So it was worth the very stupid tactic to get that cool, dramatic, he's not human kind of moment. Um kicks homeboy through a door awkwardly all of the action in this movie is very stilted and strange because yeah the suit that michael keaton is in is is it's not easy to move or see or hear in this thing right he can't turn his head so there are instances in this movie where he's got to turn around he's got to do it with his whole fucking body and it is awkward as hell Although, if for some reason he was in Pulp Fiction, he'd be really popular in a certain scene. <laughs> He's in That's a black true. rubber suit. I'm just saying. He is in a black rubber suit. Oh, he just needs the ball gag in his mouth. Yeah. We're ready to go. A bulletproof ball gag so I can't shoot him in the face. Exactly. Oh, re- really quick, ten- Quentin Tarantino just released, I don't know, on paper or whatever, a complete backstory for the gimp just so you know uh, oh nice. my god a total history of the gimp there's so, a thing it's available i, did, I yeah. didn't know i needed it could have been yep. a podcast interview or something but he had a complete backstory for the gimp Holy so shit. anyway let's move on <laughs> so uh long story short he asserts himself on these thugs and if you want to play this next clip this is his introduction to them and you That's a nice, subtle, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Joe yeah. and I talked about this a little bit before the episode. You know, we get the Christian Bale, I'm Batman, which is crazy. Like, that's a, right. a nuts performance. I'm Batman. Like, right. this I'm is, Batman. Where is he? <laughs> Where, why are you people aren't acting on my set right? <laughs> oh, God. Exactly. Yeah. I demand craft services. And what I found out about Michael Keaton's 
Batman voice is that it was really born out of just not being able to fucking hear anything. Yeah. In that, right. in that uh, you know, cowl. So he wanted it to be representative of that. And, you know, he also had concerns about, like, how the fuck is anyone going to buy that you don't know who I am in this thing? Like, my whole face is out. Yeah, you, you yeah, clearly he was obsessed with that. Like, yeah. off camera, he had extended conversations with Burton about that. He was very, very distressed by that. Right, not plot. to get too far ahead, but when they're sitting in the Batmobile next to each other, I'm like, how the fuck does she not know it's him? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I li- I love that his solution is to shine a bright light in her face. Like fuck off. <laughs> I thought he was gonna push a button, a little fucking divider. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Cone of silence. Although so my you- my favorite I'm Batman yeah. is Abed from Community when he uh, <laughs> like, I'm Batman. You better not tell Abed about this though. He'd be pretty pissed. Yes. Um, do you know that that line was ad libbed by Michael Keaton? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do know that. Yeah. Because yeah, I know what he was say, supposed I, uh, to say. What was he supposed to say? So he was supposed to say, I am the knight. Yeah. And I feel like it would have come off super corny. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. And he, he knew that. So he, yeah. he, he ad-libbed that. Yeah. That's cool. But, but they did it later in the animated series. You, you know, Kevin Conroy right. would do that whole bit yeah. about I, I am the knight. And then eventually, Darkwing Duck yep. would, yeah. would bite <laughs> off of that. And it got really funny because he's like, I am I- the terror that flaps in the night. Yeah, I am the water that drips from your faucet when you in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> just just awesome, awesome. I miss Darkwing Duck. That was such a great show. Absolutely. So uh, we jump out of that scene. We get to uh, see a big Billy D. Williams as yep. Harvey Dent District Attorney uh. Banner, and this was there was the promise when you saw that of like, oh shit, we're gonna get a Billy D. Williams Two Face. Yeah. And it just never happened. No. But, uh, yeah, Billy D, um, you know, as Harvey Dent, we get to meet all of the muckety mucks of Gotham City in this, in this sequence. Um, as a kid, this is where the movie really slows down because you get a lot of Batman up front and then you get politics. It's like yeah. the phantom menace of superhero movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they... Uh, basically what we're stressing in these scenes is that there's going to be a big festival it's unsafe to do it because of the rampant crime but they're going to do it anyway because they're already in the red on it and uh fuck oh, yeah it. it's gotta it's go uh down. it's it's amity island and jaws all over again Fourth yeah, of July. yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly same thing and real quick the uh the the actor who they picked to play the mayor um i forget the mayor's name um, he was picked because he strongly resembled um, Mayor Ed Koch of New York City at the <laughs> time. Oh, is that right? If you Holy pull up shit. a picture of Ed Koch, he looks just like him. So um, they wanted to portray that gritty. And, and again, this was New York City back when New York City was not what it is today. Yeah. So yeah. they yeah. wanted to keep that that you know that perspective that people had of the of the big city being dirty and crime ridden and drug infested and he was the guy so oh that's cool that. man they went with that actor yeah so we we then are introduced to a uh, kind of swanky late 80s office and jack nicholson is watching this press conference on television uh he is with a beautiful blonde woman and their interaction in this scene is fucking classic <laughs> like <laughs> so good you know yeah in the moments where she's kind of coming on to jack nicholson's character um 
he's so annoyed by everything that she does. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like batting her hair away from his face. Yeah. And there's a scene where he's checking himself out in the mirror and she comes up and says, uh, you know, you look good. And he, he genuinely pissed and annoyed looks at her like nobody asked. Yeah. Who asked you or nobody asked you. Yeah. I know. That's uh, That was Mick Jagger's ex-wife, Jerry oh, Hall. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. That's Jerry Hall. Yeah. Oh, man. I think she was spotted on set or on the, on the studio lot. She was spotted by one of the production assistants or whatever, and then they, they asked her if she wanted to be in it. Yeah. Because she was damn. obviously, especially in England, like huge because she was Mick Jagger's wife. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. And she was a model. She, I mean, she had her own career. I, I don't want to. That wasn't her claim to fame. She was a, a you know, a superstar model, uh, you know, before they got together. But yeah, that's her. Wow, I did not know that. But and, yeah. and especially, you hear stories about people being like quote unquote discovered. Like, oh yeah, we she was walking in the area and we said, hey, you yeah. want to yeah. be in the biggest movie in the world? Like. That doesn't right. happen anymore. That's yeah. amazing. She was already that big. They saw her and said, oh, it would be a good idea if we had her in this movie, even in a small role. And then okay. they asked her and she did it. Yeah. Gotcha. She was she was that big then. Yeah. All right. Well, we cut back to the aftermath of Batman's uh, earlier interrogation or, you know, uh, rooftop fight. Ambulance, cops, everyone's on the scene. We meet a... a a reporter who's trying to get the scoop on what he believes is the Batman. He's he's really the only guy after this story, but he believes in it. Um, and his character is probably like, aside obviously from Jack Nicholson and, and the Joker, the mm-hmm. most levity that you get in this movie. Like he's, Absolutely. He's really funny, man. Um, in fact, they were going to kill his character off and they decided not to because everyone in right. the studio liked the character so much. And that's all Robert Wall. Yeah. Right. He was always one of my, he did he was one of my favorite so he he was a stand up but he did more of like a Billy Crystal style storytelling stand up and then of course he was Arliss on I think it was Showtime or HBO the the sports agent before yeah. you guys time sorry <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about though yeah but um, you know uh, yeah I've always he's always been one of my favorite comedian storytellers just like that kind of dude and. He he brought that role to life. He really did because he ad libbed most of his like any any of the comedic lines. He ad libbed, you know, um, and brought and he brought that character of Alexander Knox to life. Yeah, Knox in this movie, he's just he's so sarcastic and so accessible. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. It's yep. Um, yeah, fantastic character. So, slip slips away from the crime scene is a very large man, a detective. Um, now later this guy this could always confuse me because there's a character that looks and acts yeah. exactly like this character but he has a completely different name in Batman lore um, in this case uh, I'm trying to get it right here um, Eckhart Eckhart that's right Yep. Eckhart um, I can't think of the name I'm trying to think of uh, Harvey Bullock is the character the, in okay. Batman that sort of I guess this morphs into or uh, I'm not sure there but yeah. uh, Eckhart is a crooked cop in Gotham City and he's basically on the payroll um, for what's analogous to the, the mafia I guess in this mm-hmm. story um, the, syndicate. the syndicate the clown mafia yeah. yeah. so we have uh, Carl Grissom 
uh, played by Jack Palance. Uh, and love that guy too. Yeah, just a, a an insane energy, like just. Oh yeah, like, I know. He 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 was, he was always Jack Palance, no matter what role he played. Yeah. And that was fine. It was totally fine. I mean, even in in in. Uh, oh damn it! What's that Billy Crystal movie? Never mind. It's a it's a western City movie. Sadie Slickers, that's it. He was in that uh, both of those movies, I think. But yeah, um, yeah, he's just back Jack Palance, and it's what he did going back to the fifties. But he's an icon, or he was an icon. Yeah, you know, such a unique voice and delivery and everything. Yeah, it's it's been said by Tim Burton that maybe nobody else could have played Jack Nicholson's boss. Exactly, and that's why he got him. Did you hear the, the <laughs> did you hear the, the misunderstanding the two of them had on set, Burton and, and Palance? No, no. <laughs> um, he was he was off he was off scene waiting for his entrance, like they were ready to shoot a scene where he was gonna come in wherever it was, the office or whatever. And um, Burton yells action and they're waiting for Jack Palance to come around the corner and they're waiting and waiting and waiting and he doesn't come. So Burton goes back to find out what's going on. And Burton didn't know that Pounce had a really bad hearing problem. He he just didn't hear him yell action. Mm. And because I, my understanding is he Burton went around the corner a little miffed. And Jack Palance goes, you know, hey Sonny, I've done hundreds of movies. How many movies have you done? <laughs> <laughs> and that set the tone. And Burton was nothing but polite to him after. And they had they you know it was mutual. Like from that point forward, it, the relationship was great for the rest of the shoot. But uh, yeah, Jack Palance put him put him in his place. I mean, he was the dude that did one-handed push-ups on the Oscars at yeah. like eighty. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like I forget, it was for City Slickers because yeah. I think he won an Oscar for that. He did one-handed push-ups at like eighty years old on the stage of the Oscars. That's Jack Palance. You do not mess with that man. No, you know? not at all. So anyway, so uh, Jack Napier is uh, yep. played by Jack Nicholson. Always easy to play a character you share the same first name with. And in this case, it didn't really matter because Joker canonically does not have an origin story or a name. Right. Um, they've, they've done a few stories where maybe, but it's always open-ended and up in the air, and, and it's not definitive. You know, Again, Arthur Fleck plays the Joker character in the most recent Joker movie. Um, that they just pulled out of thin air. There's no joker origin story mm -hmm. um the the closest thing we have is is a, a comic called the killing joke which inspired a lot of this movie um you know as 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 far as like the chemicals and all of that stuff so is the killing joke sort of like the monty python skit where it's the most lethal joke in the world that we use in world war ii <laughs> I the joke was so funny it instantly killed people, so they used it against the Germans. Yeah, no. I I wish it was. <laughs> okay. I wish it was. That would yeah. have been. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. This is a quick sidebar, but Alan Moore's Killing Joke was called that because at the very end of the story, Joker tells Batman a joke, and Batman pauses and laughs, and it's oh, the, okay. it's this weird moment of connection that these two characters who are diametrically opposed have right and they laugh and now it's argued conspiracy theorists or whatever go back and look at this panel it's argued that batman kills the joker in this scene in a fit of uh, you know madness they don't explicitly show it it's sort of implied right. 
Um, That's how I want to go. I want to be telling someone like a joke and they're laughing because I'm funny, but also extremely pissed off at the same time because it's me. <laughs> and they're just slowly strangling you to like, death. Fucking stop talking about the damn Monterey Jack and gadget. And I'm just like, cha-cha-cha-cheese. Anyway. Oh, also... On, on Just Surprise Me, our other podcast, Will and me discovered that Doug actually looks like Monterey Jack. No, we don't. What are you talking about? Yeah, Will's like, you look like a, a mouse. And like he's like, and then like we were trying to put two and two together, and we figured out it was Monterey Jack he was talking about. Yeah, I, I have to say that based on what Will found, I I don't if entirely Doug wore disagree. wore a flight jacket <laughs> and had a mustache. Right, which. You know, the flight jacket I could do, but I can't grow a mustache. So we it's never happening. I can't do that for Halloween. It would have to be fake. Yeah. I, you guys must have been hammered because I don't see it, man. That could have been because I was drinking that episode as well. <laughs> so, yes, I think we were the three amigos that night. Yeah, it was a revelation. And then yeah. I was like, Eric, now you have to do it. But you have to do Doug as Monterey Jack and yeah. Brooke Shields as Gadget. Right. <laughs> uh, and I actually laughed. I laughed out loud a lot at that. Again, yeah, that's that, pretty good. I, that caught me funny. I All right, I'll, I'll I'll revisit that. I'll, I'll listen to the episode. <laughs> All right, so uh, we get we get to the newspaper, and uh, we get this kind of cool in moment here where we see a drawing. Have you seen this man? And it's a yeah. a bat in a pinstripe suit. It's but pretty funny. It's handed to him by a cartoonist that works with newspaper named Bob Kane, who is obviously an homage to real life asshole Bob Kane uh, <laughs> creator of Batman but honestly co-creator of Batman he just stole all of the credit so right um, but it's a, you know he was supposed to be in that movie he was he was that was supposed to. to be him yeah but he was sick and they couldn't do it Bob Kane made it a point to attach his name and likeness really at every point that he could um, Bob Kane is kind of like only recent, like if you watch a Batman movie that comes out now, it'll say based on characters created by Bob Kane, and, and that mm-hmm. and took a lot of years to get. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah, I didn't know that guy named That's Bill Finger. Bill Finger was responsible <laughs> for fucking everything that you associate with Batman: the costume, <laughs> the car, the fucking villains, <laughs> like. Sorry. Doug knows I want to go there. I, I, I heard the Bill snicker Finger and I'm pointing at the camera. everything that had to do with Batman. That's all I heard. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I just, I saw it. I saw it like, I actually saw the light bulb go on over his head. Yeah, yeah. He actually visually blinked on and I'm like, he's oh, like, he's rolling. He's, he's like, going. And he's known for fucking everything that had to do with Batman. <laughs> the low hanging fruit sprouted before our eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I didn't know that about the whole, the whole thing with that, the creation. That's, yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty sure Bill Finger, like, it was penniless towards the end there. It's a oh, real sad awful. situation. That's awful. But on a lighter note, so right after he's handed that picture, Knox, he walks away and says, what a dick. That's Robert Wall. <laughs> that's an that's a ad lib. That's an improvised line, one of yeah. his many in the movie. Um, and he just mutters under his breath, what a dick. <laughs> And it, it works know. on a meta level because Bob oh. Kane really was a dick, so it's perfect. <laughs> and it, who knows? Wall is a very, very knowledgeable and well-read individual, so he might have known that. And yeah. that's why he said, I don't know. I didn't dive that deep into it, but um, yeah. So I, I, that, I laughed out loud. <laughs> 
So we get into uh, the next scene and, and the syndicate here with, with Grissom. They're discussing this issue they have where, you know, they got all of this stuff, all of this yeah. evidence they need to get rid of in this uh, chemical plant. Yeah. And Wait, did you, 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 you skip the part where you met, met Vicky Vale or is that later? Oh, that's later. That's later. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. We're on track here. Don't worry. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not buzzed yet. It'll happen, but not yet. Um, I just want to make sure I don't miss that because there's a joke in there I want to talk about. I know. I know. I know exactly what it is, too. So the subtext we get in this scene is that the girl that we saw Napier with is actually Grissom's girl. And, you know, they steal a glance at each other. Grissom knows. You can tell. Visually, it's, it's, it's some of Burton's best storytelling because they don't he doesn't go out of his way to drill it. It's just like, you know, Grissom looks at Napier like, fuck you. But it's subtle. Um, he decides he's going to send Napier to take care of this issue, getting rid of the evidence at this chemical plant. And you can tell right off the bat, Napier's a hands-off kind of dude. He's like, me? I'm like, uh, I don't want to have to do this. Oh, no, you got to. You're my best guy. He's buttering him up. Yeah. Don't forget your lucky deck, you know. And, uh, Napier's kind of looking at him like, ah, fucking okay, I guess. <laughs> um, but he's setting him up. You can see it in his eyes. There's a twinkle yeah. there that's kind of wonderful. Um, after he leaves the room, immediately gets on the phone, calls Gotham PD, and says, I want to speak to Eckhart. So he's going to sick the police on Napier and... Uh, you know, it's all over a woman, man. As as many of these uh, as many of these situations are. Now we get to the point, uh, Joe, where we're introduced to <laughs> Bruce Wayne uh, and and the big fundraiser he's holding at his manor for this uh, festival that they're trying to raise funds for. So, if you want to hit this next clip, this is Bruce Wayne. Wait, this is at the at the um, event. Yeah. So you did skip the part where where uh, Vicky Knox Vale and Vicky Vale meet. Oh, yeah. Knox. I don't even know that I. Yeah, that's a clip right after the that. Batman picture. Right after well, they draw the Batman picture. It's okay if you don't have a clip, but yeah, that's where they they meet. Yeah. She's at his desk with her feet up on the desk reading a newspaper. Yeah. About and, the bat. And then that's there's a, there's an awkward dick joke in there. There is. Like, Yes. She says something about t- uh, something about his pants and taking a picture. He's like, "Well, I hope you have a long range lens or something." Yes. And I'm yeah. wondering, does that mean he's is that like a he has a big dick or a small dick? Like, because <laughs> does she need a lens that she can take it from like a mile away because it's so tiny? Or well, did he say wide angle? Because if he said wide angle, he's referring to the fact that he has a large. Child. No, he said long. He, he said, said long, long range yeah. lens. Yeah. Right, and I'm so thinking yeah, about I'm like, what does he mean by that? Because that's where she has the two <laughs> tickets to the the Bruce Wayne fundraiser. Yes, okay. that's true. That's You're true. right, man. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm more buzzed than I thought. But yeah, that is <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the joke I wanted to talk about. I was like, because he okay. says like something about long range lens, and I'm like, wait, did he just insult himself? Did he just like admit he has a micro penis? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's not a photography guy. He just you know long lens. Yeah. But yeah, okay. that's that's uh, that's my bad there. Yeah, because yeah. it was pretty funny. Because he comes up, he's like, I don't remember what she says, but it's, it's clearly he's talking about his dick. Oh, of course, man. Yeah. Okay, back to Bruce Wayne's party in the clip. <laughs> Check this out. He must have been 
king of the wicker people. <laughs> oh, oh, where'd this come from? I have no idea. <laughs> it's Japanese. How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan. Who are you? Oh, sorry, Bruce Wayne. All right, so they they sneak away into this armory, this room full of, you know, just cool samurai yeah. armor, and that Wicker Man comment gets me every time. Uh, King of that the was Wicker another, People. That was another yeah. ad-libbed, a Robert Wall ad-libbed line. <laughs> he just did that. And that's why she laughed. She laughed for real when he did that, because she didn't know it was coming. Yep. So Bruce Wayne in this whole sequence, and even prior to this, he's he's kind of a weird guy. Like, he's kind of, yeah. you know. Yep an intense weirdo and Vicky Vale at one point asks him directly like hey I'm looking for Bruce Wayne and he kind of gives her like this oh, you know I don't know where yeah <laughs> yeah which is strange yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah he he then follows the both of them into this armory and sort yeah. of eavesdrops as they're talking shit you know what I mean like look right. at this fucking guy look at this <laughs> like, weird shit this dude must have a small dick look at all this shit he has <laughs> exactly it was so great too the way he follows them like he he he's creeping behind him like a ninja and like when they yeah. stop he stops and yeah. he just listens and then they move and he moves and he stops and they stop they stop and he stops and yeah that was very cool and I'll tell you what those costumes in that room yeah there was some like like historically realistic shit but there was some stuff in there that does not exist in any universe maybe in except doctor no. who <laughs> that was from the that was from the you tim know? burton collection like shit yeah exactly tubes coming out of it it was cool know? it was very cool but yeah, yeah that did that does not exist on this plane <laughs> yeah it looks like someone from ace ventura <laughs> yeah, exactly it was <laughs> that was interesting when nature calls so you know and, and also worth mentioning prior to this knox is really trying to get anybody he can to get a quote his story about Batman and yes. n- yeah. nobody is willing to give him one. Um, also like at the end of that scene he looks in the giant mirror and goes hmm, Bruce Vane. <laughs> <laughs> and on the other side is a camera. Zing! Yeah. So great. Um, also while this is happening Commissioner uh, Gordon is alerted to the fact that they got an anonymous tip that something's going down at uh, Axis Chemical. Almost said Ace Chemical because it's, <laughs> but Axis Chemical. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bruce Wayne, like I said, interrupts the party. Uh, he's going to give Knox a grant, which is hilarious. Because yeah, <laughs> he, you know, that offhanded joke. He's like, huh, "Hi, uh, can I have Grant?" Yeah, and yeah. you don't you don't get it right away. But when the conversation finishes, he says to Alfred, "Oh, and uh, get Knox a grant." Yeah, like, like, like it's fu- like nothing. Yeah, it's just he's just so- big dick. And he's he's big dick. He's at the BDE. This is the BDE. Yeah. And it is creepy when Michael Keaton does it and when RJ does it. Yep. Robert James Smith, you mean, of the cure. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, from there, we this is really our first look at, like, the Bruce Wayne of it and, you know, what Michael Keaton does with the role. And it's cool. It's different than you would expect. Um, he seems very socially inept. And typically in Batman stories... Bruce Wayne is a persona that's sort of put on that's always presented as the mask or as Batman is his true identity and right. he's a playboy and a socialite and vapid and you know kind of a douchebag he didn't really go that route with it he's he comes across as very like just sort of split personality crazy yeah. I- intense well I think I think it's 
it's definitely the way Keaton wanted to play it. Yeah. Because no matter who's playing Batman, the the ultimate goal, like you said, is to separate Bruce Wayne from Batman to make to deflect so much that nobody could possibly imagine that this person is Batman. So Keaton went that awkward route because, you know, the Batman is full of confidence. He's maybe full of rage, but he's a confident guy. Yeah. And then, you know, like Christian Bale went the other direction for the same, you know, end purposes, just to completely separate himself from Batman so that no one would even think, even when they're looking, saying, oh, yeah, what he kind of looks like him. Yeah. Can't be him, you know? And that was Keaton's Keaton's direction in this, and that came from the fact that he was, he got shit, right, when he was cast because he's not physically imposing. Yeah. And and he was only known, like you said, for Mr. Mom and, 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 you know, the, the comedic roles. So that was his way of doing that. So and I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. He's almost doing the Superman Clark Kent thing in this movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. more so than like a, a traditional like right. I said, Bruce Wayne's supposed to kind of be an asshole. Um Yeah, I know. And he he, he seems a little bit more sincere and approachable and, and innocent right. um uh, in this. That's because that's what Michael Keaton can do. Yeah, that's how that's how Michael Keaton as an actor disarms you, is that he plays that sincere goofball. Yeah, yeah. you know, in a lot of different roles, whether it's purposely comedic or not, and he brought that. And there were some ad lib lines coming up that he created to reinforce that that persona. So, so like Joe said, we also learned that Bruce is a, a mega voyeur, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's filming everybody at his party in every room. Yeah. And he goes down to the cave at Alfred's behest to to see what's going on with the commissioner. So he, you know, checks the tape and yeah, figures like, out that they're going to axe his like, comic Alfred, I need you to take a break for a second. I'm going to be a beat man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, can I can I just jump in and say it before Joe does? Can can we commission you to do that? Oh yeah, to do fap, fapping, fapping Bruce yeah. Wayne, please. Yeah. Him watching right. Vicky Vale and the and the other dude yes. calling him vain, and he's like, "I'm Beat Man." I like I like Fap Man. I think that works. Yeah, Fat Man yeah. is good too. It fap really man. is, but you know. Yeah, Beat all Man. Right. Fat man. I'm good with either. If, if we if I get to jerk it off Batman, I'm happy either way. This is all my fault, Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna get into the semantics of it. Please don't. <laughs> That'd I will be great for our next JSM episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll consider it. I'll cons- I was actually sketching while I was doing a little bit while I was watching, and and I drew a big lip to uh, Batman. I sent you guys a picture. So yes, that was great. I really just good. need to go down the torso to finish it. Yeah, um, yeah. tiny, tiny micro penis too. <laughs> like like an actual bat stick. Oh God. <laughs> so. Uh, we're now at Axis Chemicals. Napier's there with the crew. They open up a safe. Lo and behold, the safe is empty. It's a setup. And fucking yep. Eckhart is distributing photographs of Napier selling, hey, if you see this guy, shoot him dead. Uh, party gets crashed by Commissioner Gordon, and he reverses that order. He's like, I want Napier alive. This upsets big old Eckhart, and he goes off on his own to hopefully yeah. find uh, Napier first. So I want to jump in real quick. So Commissioner Gordon's played by an actor named Pat Hingle. So he's a huge character actor from my childhood. 
The only the movie that you guys might know him from otherwise was he was in The Quick and the Dead. Okay. He was like the saloon owner. He ran the contest for for uh, uh, for Gene Hackman's character. But his acting in this movie was not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he delivered a lot of lines really badly and like overacted and he's not like that he 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 can fit into that role that he plays a lot of but in this movie he was awkward to me anyway so there were a lot of questionable performances in this movie yeah not not just him um but yeah i i I get the vibe too especially that scene that was filmed that he's you know referring back to yes where he's telling this cop who's giving him like oh oh, you know we gotta right it's like, oh, you're doing yes. a thing, aren't you? Yeah, and his excla- his exclamations, like his "Oh my gods!" when something happens, were just they were just bad. There was yeah. no other way around it. It was bad. So, I mean, I love the dude because, like I said, he's somebody I probably saw in every damn TV show and movie I watched as a kid. But yeah, you know, in this one, he just wasn't good. So, uh, you know, Napier and his crew get into a gunfight very quickly with the police. GCPD uh, he's running away he's trying to sabotage you know he's I mean there's acid and weird pipes everywhere you know we're back in Freddy's boiler room so to speak so he's opening valves and shit like he he's he's he is home aloneing this fucking setup um, Batman rolls in dramatically as he does and he is uh, he's a brutal Batman he immediately like spears a dude through the shoulder with his grappling gun and yeah. hangs him over the edge of a catwalk. Yes, exactly. And he just kind of stands there and watches. So you know that's a theme in this movie too: a, a, an excessively violent and cool, oh, absolutely, uh, yes. Batman. He's like uh, David Tennant's doctor. I've come to learn now watching. <laughs> yeah, <movies. laughs> the difference between like, Eccleston and, and David I love Tennant. Ten, Tennant as the doctor. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean we could. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Well, I, I absolutely love him. I liked Eccleston, but uh, Tennant, like his freaking like brutalness and like you know hair temper is fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Now, speaking of that, I know you're watching Doctor Who now. Yeah. I am a Doctor Who virgin. So, oh, really? Yeah. You're going to watch it too? But I am, but here's the thing. I held off on it for so long because I know myself, and I know that if I, I watch it, I'm going to be all in. I know that about yeah. myself. No, I, I am, absolutely. I was I the same know. way when I started yeah. watching it. So I, I, It's so good. I kind of put it on the back burner because, you know, I only have so much space in my heart. <laughs> no, I get it. I get um, it. But I am going to get to it. And I'll You'll blubber you like a baby, dude. I know, I know. I'm letting you know that right now. You will, you will, because you and me are the same. You will just cry like a child Ugh. at so many episodes. It's just crazy. So, um, yeah. All right, we'll get into that. Um, anyway, back to the, the action in the in Axis Chemical. Um, you know, they're having no luck pinning down Napier. He's a he's a sneaky cat. Um, Gordon is sending his officers up and as he's doing so Napier's got a clear shot at Gordon to his delight but the gun gets kicked out of his hand by rubber suited Batman (laughs) now the suit we'll talk about quickly um, a completely different look for the character than what was prevalent in the uh, in the late 80s in the comic books Batman traditionally blue and gray 
Yeah. Uh, Tim Burton opted for this all black option. Um, you know, visually very cool, but practically a fucking nightmare. This like yeah. latex rubber yeah. cowl time. and suit. And, uh, you know, Keaton has talked about just how almost impossible it was to emote or act or do anything in this costume is frustrating. Like you feel like a prisoner in it. Um, you know, you'll see in a lot of these fight sequences, like we talked about earlier, um, it's creative editing to create the illusion even that Batman can move freely. Um, because the most comfortable thing about his costume is his fucking shoes. He's wearing like Nike (laughs) trainers, which is kind of cool. It's kind of, I know it's like blatant. I saw it. I was like, see some fucking air force ones on. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is. It does scream of like eighties commercialism. It like threw me off. So when they went to his shoes, I was like, I was like, hold the fuck up. Is he wearing Nikes? Yeah. He just came from a pickup basketball game. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And he had to fight a little crime. He's a um, I'm Dunk Man. <laughs> so, so he gets into it with Napier. They get into a, a bit of a scrap. Napier ends up falling over the edge of the catwalk into a big vat of green acid. Um, you know, this again, a nod to Killing Joke and sort of the established comic book origin of, of Joker at the time. Right. Uh, Batman escapes because he is a murderer. <laughs> yeah, I know. He sets off like a fart bomb and then shoots his fucking Gatling, <laughs> Gatling hook out. I love how just he, he throws he throws the ninja smoke bomb, and then the, just the way he stands he stands there for so long, yeah. <laughs> yeah. waiting for the smoke to come up and around. It's not him. like you don't see him like take off yeah. either, because like God forbid anybody actually sees you know the the grappling hook he shot. He wants to make it look like he's an actual bat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He stands there for a solid eight Mississippis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just stands there. Yeah, it's hysterical. So, so yeah, he slowly like saunters up towards the ceiling, and yeah, yeah. Um, we cut to like the uh, the liquid waste of the plant, and we see this cool hand, this gnarled hand, come up out of the water. Yeah. Um, implying that Napier survived, and it's white with green fingernails. So that was crazy exciting as a kid. You know, see like the birth of of the Joker and stuff. Um, I mean, again, there's there's been so many iterations of that character and so many really great ones. Like the Heath Ledger Joker is is so friggin' iconic, right? And even this last one, the Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, very rare to do this this character injustice. I think maybe uh, the only recent example is Homeboy from. Uh, Jared Leto. Oh. Jared Leto's Joker left a little bit to be done. I don't oh, think it so was his I, fault. I, I'll say it's just flat out awful. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I will say it's flat out awful. But you maybe know. we will debate the greatest and not greatest Jokers of all time uh, when we return on the next episode. Uh, part two of Batman 1989. Join us and we'll get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> you know anyone with a birthday get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com want to impress your significant other on your anniversary skip the wilted flowers in the dirty cvs teddy bear commission a custom family portrait at artofericpabone.com maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art 
celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericbabone.com. Thank you.